Hi, this is Steve with Life Worth Living Church. How would you like to learn to be free from your own limitations? I came across this peculiar scripture in Romans 8-2 that speaks of the law of the Spirit giving us life and freeing us from the law of sin and death. Do you know what the law of sin and death is? It's simply the law of cause and effect. You have bad spending habits? then you won't have a retirement whenever you get older. You treat your body poorly, say, by eating bad foods, you can be sure that you're going to have heart trouble down the line. That's the law of cause and effect. Well, here we find that there's a law that's higher than the law of cause and effect or the law of sin and death, and it's the law of the Spirit. When I began to read about the law of the Spirit, I got super excited thinking, you know what, the law of the Spirit can actually set me free from some of the limitations that I've imposed on myself out of bad habits, out of bad decisions. I want to learn more about the law of the Spirit. And so listen in, not only this week, but the next couple of weeks, for this question of, do you want to be set free from your limitations? Because I would like to show you some lessons that I've learned recently. today at how you can begin to be freed from your own limitations. And this is all from Romans 8, which just, I I can unequivocally say this is my favorite chapter of the whole Bible, is Romans 8. It's blessed me over and over and over again. And so um, that's where we're going to be looking over the next two to three weeks. And um, our anchor scripture is in Romans 8, 2, and I'll read it to you. It says, because Through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. And whenever whenever I look at this law of the Spirit, I want to learn more about the law of the Spirit. If it's going to set me free and set me free from limitations that I I would have under natural circumstances, I want to know more about this law of the Spirit. If it gives me life, If it sets me free, then I want to know more about it, and I want to start living by its principles. So we learned in 1 Corinthians 2 over the last couple of weeks how to be led of the Spirit. We learned that being led of the Spirit means that you learn God's thoughts, you learn God's language. But another thing is we need to learn a higher set of principles found within the law of the Spirit, a higher set of principles. You and I, we live by a set of principles that limits us. But if we'll disentangle ourselves from those principles and begin to live by a higher standard, we will be limitless in what we can do. And and we'd be living the way that God wants us to. So in 2 Corinthians 10.2, it speaks of the standards of this world. The Apostle Paul speaks of the standards of this world. And um, in Colossians 2.8, it speaks of, the Bible speaks of a deceptive philosophy that depends on human traditions, on human traditions. And so I want to make this statement right now. 
we as Christians should not live by the standards of this world. If we do, we will live with the limitations of this world. So if we decide to lower ourselves and live by the standards, the human standards of this world, we will live with the limitations of this world. And I, for one, don't want to live by my own limitations. I want to be limitless. I want, I want God's Spirit, the law of the Spirit, to set me free to a limitless life. And so uh, I'll, give you a, I'll give you an example here. Um, sometimes political correctness is not good. We, we hear of political correctness, um, certain things that we should say, certain things that we shouldn't say. But that's just simply the standards of this world. Political correctness is simply the standards of this world. So if I live strictly by political correctness, I'm going to be limited by political correctness as well. It's going to be very, very limited, limiting to me. In general, laws present limitations to us. And let me give you some examples. The law of gravity keeps me from flying. I wish the law of gravity weren't in place sometimes so that I could just float up in the air or fly up in the air and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be limited. But the, the law of gravity keeps me from flying. The law of speed limits keeps me from speeding. And so um, laws generally are limit, they limit us. Natural laws, human laws, they confine and limit us. But the law of the spirit is very different. It's intent and its outcome is very different because the law of the spirit actually frees us from some of the limitations that we face. It also frees us from the bad tendencies that we have. Think about that just for a second. How many of your bad tendencies do you wish you were, you were freed from so they would no longer limit you? Well, the law of the spirit is what you're looking for. You're looking for that law of the spirit that's gonna free you from your bad tendencies. And then also the scripture in Romans 8, 2 says that the law of the spirit frees us from the spiritual law of, the, of sin and death, sin and death. And the law of sin and death is very simple. You sin, you die. <laughs> That's the law of sin and death. If you mess up one time, your history, you're done. Well, the law of the Spirit frees us from that law and its consequences. And that's absolutely amazing. So let me give you some more practical examples of what it means to be freed uh, or to have the Spirit, uh, the, the law of the Spirit. So here's a natural law. If you're foolish and you overspend your budget, the law of sowing and reaping kicks in and will ensure that you end up in the poorhouse. One strike and you're out, okay? That's a natural law. But here's God's promise, the law of the Spirit, that God's gonna provide for you even whenever you make foolish financial mistakes. That's the law of the Spirit at work. Let me give you another example. If you smoke, you're gonna get lung disease, suffer, and die prematurely most likely. But God's promise of healing proves that God's supernatural sovereignty can come in and trump lifelong addictive decisions. That's awesome. That's the law of the Spirit at work. Another natural law, if someone has hurt you or abused you in the past, you will most likely hate and resent that person and if possible, try to hurt them back. That's the law of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. 
But God promises to wash away your painful past and give you freedom and allow you to forgive and even forget what has been done to you. That's the law of the Spirit. And so the law of the Spirit frees you from the law of sin and death, frees you from natural laws, physical laws even at times, such as healing, and gives you that freedom and that limitless life that you've been looking for. So we see that the law of the Spirit is a different kind of law. It frees you so that you can do things that you never dreamed you could do before with God's help. It frees you from the law of sin and death. The law, by the way, the law of sin and death is the law of cause and effect, a natural law. The law of cause and effect is trumped by the law of the Spirit. Praise God. So there is a higher plane that you can live in where you live by different principles and the limitations of the former laws, the law of sin and death, natural laws, no longer apply to you. You have been lifted above them and you live in a different realm. And the Bible describes this different realm in several different places. I'll, I'll refer, reference a couple of them that we've talked about in the past. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. God says, My thoughts are not your thoughts. Your ways are not my ways, says the Lord. For as high as the heaven is above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. But see, God wants to take us up and help us to begin to walk in those higher ways, in that higher realm. That was in Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. And here's proof and evidence that God wants us to actually be lifted up into his higher ways, his higher thoughts, into that law of the Spirit. It's found in Isaiah 35, 8. And I love it in the New King James Version. It says, a highway will be there. A high way. Did you get that? A way that's higher than where we're at. A highway will be there, a road, and it will be called the highway of holiness. The highway of holiness. Isn't it interesting that the Spirit is referred to as the Holy Spirit? And here is a highway of holiness, the way of the Spirit, the law of the Spirit, the principles of the Spirit, the limitlessness of God in our lives that bashes down strongholds, that knocks down obstacles, and takes us higher. It goes on in Isaiah 35.8. It says, The unclean shall not pass over it, this highway of holiness, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks this road, although a fool, shall not go astray. Listen to this. You could be, and I could be the dumbest person in the world, make all the mistakes in the, in the, way, in the world, but when I discover this highway of holiness, I, as even I as a fool, will no longer go astray whenever I'm walking on this highway of holiness, in this new realm of limitlessness. In verse 9 of Isaiah 35, it says, No lion shall, shall be there, nor shall ravenous beasts go up onto it. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. The redeemed, the foolish person, the person who's by the standards of this world hasn't accomplished much, hasn't gone very far. They will be the people, those redeemed by God, who've come to an end of themselves, will find the law of the Spirit, this highway of holiness. So what I'd like to do this morning is just to launch into Romans 8 
and and just find two of these principles next week we'll look at many of the rest of them and i have a a gut feeling this might go into a third week but in romans 8 we're going to start from the very top in romans 8 1 and we're going to study the first principle of the law of the spirit so that we can learn how to uh be, be limitless how let me let me read this title again how to be free from my limitations that's what i want to do is i want to learn how to be free from my limitations we've learned how to be led by the spirit now let's begin to walk in the law of the spirit the law he sets down a sovereign law and it's unquestionable and when you hear its benefits you will want to submit to this law because it frees you to be limitless. So here it goes. In Romans 8, 1 is the very first one, the very first principle of the law of the Spirit. There's therefore now, now, no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ or in Christ Jesus. There is now no condemnation for those. So when you get out of your natural self and you decide that you're going to listen to what God's law says versus what your heart is telling you or what someone else is telling you, you're going to start walking in a new level, in a new realm. And so uh, through, listen to this, okay, this is vital that we capture this. This is in bold letters if you can't see my screen. Through Jesus, you are free from condemnation for anything and everything that you've done in the past anything that you're doing right now or anything that you will do you have through Christ Jesus you have no more condemnation that's a principle of the law of the Spirit and I love this scripture in John 3 17 because it's all over the Bible this is just one example there's many many scriptures many many examples the the essence of the Bible the essence of who God is the one and true God is this in John 3:17 for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him that's the essence of who God is that's the essence of his word and that's a primary principle of the law of the spirit that will take us to to a limitless life so let's look at these one by one there's no condemnation for your past mistakes your shortfalls your shortcomings your weaknesses look in isaiah 43 25 god says i even i am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sin no more isaiah 43 25 i even i am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers and i'm putting in parentheses here your past sins no more he blots them out and so uh there's there's a song that we used to sing uh, about the sea of god's forgetfulness that he's taken all your mistakes all your mishaps all your failures your weaknesses mine yours all of ours and he's thrown them into the sea of his forgetfulness if god forgets them why do you keep remembering them why why do you keep remembering them if God has forgotten them? If he's blotted them out, why do you keep bringing them up? There's no condemnation for you now that you are in Christ Jesus. This isn't for everybody, by the way. This isn't a broad sweeping stroke for every human. No, this is those who are in Christ. 
if you will take your seat in him and walk into him and come under his 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 umbrella of protection of rescue of salvation he is going to wipe away all your mistakes you may have spent your money unwisely guess what god has wiped that away you may uh, have have made a silly mistake that impacted someone else's life you know what he's wiped that away as long as you're in jesus the past is gone stop thinking about it it's past it's time to live in the present but look at this there's no condemnation for active and present sin and that's what boggles the mind of christians everywhere and that's where religion kicks in and says no that can't be true that can't be true surely god condemns me if i'm in the midst of sin right now and the answer is no not if you are in christ jesus because even we who are in christ jesus make mistakes we sin we even rebel at times and do foolish things but even for us who are in christ jesus active and present sin is uncondemned by god absolutely unbelievable but let me give you an example that proves this in john 8 verses 3 through 11 something that we've looked at before but it merits consideration again for for, for what we're discussing this morning in john chapter 8 verses 3 through 11 a lady caught in the act of adultery in the midst of adultery i mean you can't get any more present than that and they made her stand before a group and before jesus and they described what this woman had done and and then they brought up the law of sin and death (laughs) this woman deserves to be stoned she deserves to die for her sin the law of sin and death she sinned she should die period jesus bends down and starts writing something to the ground with his finger we'll never know what he wrote but it must have been an, made an impression for those who saw it and so they kept on questioning him he straightens up and he says let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her he stoops back down and continues to write in the ground at this those that heard him began to go away one at a time the oldest ones first until got jesus was left with a woman still standing there jesus standing up and asking her woman where are they has no one condemned you no sir she answers then neither do i condemn you jesus declared declared and last week we talked about an experience that i had where i felt very condemned by a certain situation and i i had this picture of my mind stepping of jesus stepping in between me and my accuser and him looking at me and saying i don't accuse you i don't condemn you and and this is the law of the spirit this is the higher realm that we can walk in and this applies to a drug addict who is in the process of injecting a needle into his or her vein and shooting up in that very moment if that person is in jesus jesus is not condemning that person or you could be in the process of spending money you don't have right now and making foolish and unwise decisions jesus is not condemning you right now i've told my kids and i will tell my kids and i will continue to reinforce that 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 no matter what they do i will always love them they could go out and get pregnant or get someone pregnant they could go out and turn their backs on god they could go out and do the worst of the worst 
and I will never condemn my children. I will always love them. I will be sad, I'll be hurt, but I will always love them. That's how God is with us. He tells us before we mess up, I'm not going to condemn you. Absolutely unbelievable. But Romans 5.8 puts it all into about, what, 12, 16, maybe 18 words. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates, listen to this, it's present tense. God demonstrates his own love in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In the act of sinning, Jesus died for the sinner. That's just unbelievable. So he doesn't condemn us for present sins, but he doesn't, nor does he condemn us for future sins either. 1 Peter 2.24 He himself, this is Jesus, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Praise God. In, in 1 Peter 2.24 He bore our sins. He, he bore our sins before we sinned. Before we messed up. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become, here's the future tense, the righteousness of God. Praise God. Does God want you to continue sinning? Of course not. But the way that he frees you is by freeing you from the condemnation of sin. That's how he frees you from sin. When you're freed from condemnation, you are free from the sin associated with that condemnation. And that's what we have to get our minds around, which is very, very difficult. I love this in 1 John 3.20. Here's the problem, okay, for for Christians. This is the problem in 1 John 3.20. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts. All right, 1 John 3.20. If our hearts, and it probably should say when our hearts, (laughs) because they will, and are and have condemned us it says God is greater than our hearts so God is not only greater than our condemnation he's greater than the internal mechanism that condemns condemns us which is our own conscience praise God God is greater so the law of sin and death listen to this the law of sin and death teaches us to condemn ourselves The law of cause and effect teaches us to condemn ourselves, but God is greater than our human nature. God is greater than our hearts, and he gives us the law of the Spirit to overcome our own self-condemnation. I want to encourage you. I preached about this. I gave a sermon, I think it was over a year ago. You can look it up on our podcast, either on SoundCloud or or, uh, the Apple podcast or, or whatnot. There's several platforms we're on, but it's called... To be free from sin, you have to be free from condemnation. And I encourage you to go back to that sermon and listen to it because it really it really pounds in this principle into our hearts, into our minds, our souls, our psyches, that you know what? Condemnation is the source of slavery. <laughs> condemnation is the source. If we can get free from condemnation, we'll be free from the sin associated with that condemnation. So that's principle number one. Let me read it again. Through Jesus, you have been set free from condemnation for anything you have done in the past, anything you're currently doing, or anything that you will do. Power, powerful tool for limitless living. 
Praise God. So let's go on into Romans 2. I'm just going to touch on one other principle this morning and we'll be done. But in Romans 8, 2, um, going all the way through verse 4, let's get into the second principle of the law of the Spirit. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Okay? The Spirit who gives life has set you free. Verse 3. For what the law was powerless to do, that's the law of cause and effect, okay? Moses' law, the law of sin and death, all right? What the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, that's your own natural limitations. When we talk about the flesh in the Bible, just translate it presently into your natural limitations. Your flesh is just has natural limitations, natural bad tendencies, natural self-destructive behavior. That's the flesh. So what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so, listen to this, he condemned sin in the flesh. God is amazing. Through Jesus, his son, he condemned sin without condemning the sinner. <laughs> that's like, that's like uh, the best chemotherapy in the world. It lasers in on the cancer without lasering on the organ. Now, obviously, doctors have not perfected that because it doesn't work sometimes. But, but that's a good analogy. All right, verse 4. In order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us. Who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Wow, in other words, because of what God did for you first, this enables you to be able to live limitlessly according to the Spirit. Because of what God did first. And here's the second principle of the law of the Spirit, and it's this. God acts first, man can only react. God acts first, and man can only react. I'll tell you what, you can, you can pray four hours a day and you're not going to move the hand of God by your prayers. God acts first, you react. You can pray the rosary a hundred times over, it's not going to move the hand of God, it's not going to make you a better person. So evangelicals and Catholics alike have this wrong. We don't move the hand of God, God moves his own hand and, it, and we react to the movement of God, period. The Bible is full of this. And I'm going to give you numerous examples that proves this out. But this is a law of the Spirit. If we begin to live this way, we will begin to live limitlessly because our eyes will be on God and not on, on our own efforts. We always think that we act and God reacts. But this is, it's in fact exactly the opposite. Look at these verses that I just read in Romans 8, 2 through 4. The Spirit gives life first, therefore we're set free. All right? God sent His Son as a sin offering first. God condemned sin with, without condemning our flesh first. God made sure that the righteous requirements of the law could be met in us first. What is our reaction? Now we're enabled to live not according to the flesh, but finally to live according to the, to the Spirit. Why do we try so hard? Don't try. Let God take you to where you need to be. And here's a beautiful picture of what I'm trying to describe. 
If you were a surfer, which I doubt anybody on this line is a surfer, but I'm sure we've all seen it, you go out with your surfboard and you start trying to make waves. You're well out into deep waters, your feet isn't touching the ground, your feet aren't touching the ground, and you take your surfboard and you start pressing it up and down in the water, trying to create a wave that you can ride. And you would be the laughing stock of everybody on the beach if somebody saw you. But we as Christians do this all the time. We try to create our own waves. When God, in fact, is the creator of every wave that ever came, he's the creator of the healing wave. He's the creator of the providing wave. He's the, he's the creator of every wave you could ever de desire. Look for God's waves and ride his waves instead of trying to create your own waves. God acts first. We react to God's action. He's the one that draws us into prayer to begin with. He's the one that, that burns, makes our, fire, our, our hearts on fire to, to seek him, to pray. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. We don't do the acting. God does the acting and we do the reacting. He blesses, therefore we are fruitful. He provides and protects, therefore we trust and are peaceful. Why do we try to trust and try to be peaceful? Focus on what God's action is. He provides and he protects, therefore we're peaceful and we're trustful. He promises, therefore we believe. He chooses, therefore we're joyful. He chooses us, therefore we're joyful. He directs, therefore we follow. He speaks, therefore we listen. He has a plan and a purpose, therefore we are hopeful. He acts, therefore we watch. You see, it's not about what we do, it's about what he does first and our reaction to his action. We can't accomplish anything in the kingdom of heaven without God initiating something first. What do we do? We do three things. We watch, we listen, and we wait for God because it's 120% on his shoulders. 120% on his shoulders. And we simply react to what God does. Look at some of these examples from the Bible. Noah didn't build an ark without God's architectural plans for that, for that ark. God acted first. Noah reacted to God's plan and purpose. Abraham didn't go into Canaan without God first blessing him. Moses didn't lead the Israelites out of Egypt without God's first sending plagues. And Joshua didn't enter the, into the promised land without God first going ahead of him and sending an, a hornet, as the Bible describes, and driving out the enemy before him. Our God is the one in front of us. <laughs> if you look ahead of you and you can't see Jesus ahead of you, you're headed in the wrong direction. You're headed in, in the wrong direction. So two principles of the law of the Spirit the first one is through Jesus, you are free from all condemnation. Anything that you've done, you are doing or will do. And then secondly, God acts first, man can only react. And when we start resting in that, in both of those, but in particular in that second one, rest. Stop trying to make things happen in your family. Stop bringing, trying to bring about the salvation of your unloved ones. 
Stop, stop, stop. Start following God's active. uh, Jesus said, my father is always at work. So don't you think for a second that God is resting on his laurels, not doing something. He's acting right now. It's incumbent on us to figure out what God is doing and join God in his work, his current present work right now. I'll give you one other uh, podcast that kind of drills the second point home that you can bring up as well, one of our, our sermons here. And it's entitled, It's Not So Much About What We Do, But What God Does. And I challenge you to to look that up and listen to that as well if you get a chance this week. But let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and bless you today, Lord Jesus. God, for the law of the Spirit that sets us free from the law of sin and death, the law of cause and effect is broken in our life by a higher law. Lord, a law that doesn't come to limit us, but it comes to free us from our own limitations, Heavenly Father. So Lord, we rejoice in this law of the Spirit spoken of in Romans 8 and described throughout the entire New Testament and depicted, Lord, by your Son coming to this earth, Lord, and living out the law of the Spirit in front of us all. Lord Jesus, that's the law that we want in our lives. Lord, we want to Lord, uh, spread our wings as eagles, our hope in you, and begin to soar to new heights that we've never soared before. God, we want to step out of the natural way of walking and begin to walk on the highway of holiness, Lord Jesus, in the ways of your Spirit, Lord God, where we can begin to see ourselves freed from worry, Lord Jesus, freed from the, the, the plagues of life. And I'm not just talking about this, this virus, but the plagues of life, Lord, of desiring things that won't do us any good, Lord Jesus. Freeing us, Lord, from our addictive personalities, our mental health issues, Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, raising up Lord, your people onto a new plane, Lord Jesus, and learning to be free from the limitations of this flesh, Lord, that we have. Oh, God, you've called us to die to ourselves and be resurrected with Christ Jesus. Lord, to be seated in heavenly realms, high above powers and principalities, high above the temptations of this world, Lord Jesus. Living naturally, Lord, with peace and joy and fruitfulness and confidence, Lord, and love and faithfulness, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So, Lord, we praise you and we bless you this morning. We believe this week, Lord God, you're going to begin to help us to soar with wings as eagles, limitlessly, Lord God, in a new way, in the new way of the Spirit, Lord. So we praise you and we bless you, Lord God.